Hey everybody, Brad Stevens here, founder and CEO of Outsource Access. We help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the Philippines. Congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 Real Leaders Impact Awards. We are proud to be among you. About 10 years ago, I woke up to a major growth problem in my last business. Cash was tight, staff was overwhelmed, and tasks were not getting done. Then I discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the Philippines where English is their second language, so there is no communication or culture gap. I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their offshore virtual staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50,000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit RedefineScale.com. That's RedefineScale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, she sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks share a review afterward, and always keep it real. Let's get the show on the road. You ready? Yeah. All right. Start me up. Here we go. In five, four, three, two, and one. And welcome everyone to this episode of the real leaders podcast i'm your host kevin edwards joining us today folks is the co-founder and managing director of motivity care please welcome miss karina moeller karina thanks for being with us today thank you kevin so happy to be here well it's a a delight and i'm delighted to have you on the show today to talk about a very interesting problem that a lot of families experience as their loved ones get a little bit into that stage of what are we going to do with them? How do we plan for this when they can't take care of themselves and the things you need to know before that happens? So Karina, let's start with the backstory of Motivity Care. When did you first experience this problem? Uh, so I have been a primary caretaker for my family and friends most of my life, I would say. But where I really started experiencing this at a much deeper level was when I first took care of my grandfather, then I took care of my grandmother. And then um, in the last couple of years, I really started to take care of my own parents who are part of the baby boomer generation. And so really it was COVID that sort of gave my business partner and I both this sort of aha moment because throughout COVID, 
my unfortunately both my parents were having quite a bit of health issues actually my mom did get covid but relatively unrelated to covid but it was really related to aging and and growing older and my current business partner we've known each other and worked together for many many years and have always had strategic alliances and been colleagues in the wellness industry and so we were each other's sounding boards resource and we sort of woke up one day literally in march of 21 and said there has to be a better way to do this this is just overwhelming exhausting frustrated um, you have to pull from resources all over. You, sometimes you don't even know what to ask or where to start to ask, right? And so we really started conversations of how do we do this better and how do we help families and friends and loved ones do this better? And really the mission is how do we give people back time with their loved ones? Because as you're taking care of someone, Kevin, if you've done it or know people that have done it, you realize that it becomes all about taking care of that person. And then it becomes frustration and stress and the pain points. And it stops being a loving relationship because everything revolves around the care. Hmm. So our mission is really to give back people time and less stress and help them with those pain points. And so let's talk about the solution of this concierge caregiving management service. Help our audience understand kind of what you and your partner came up with and how it's giving people back time. So we came up with a tech solution with a human solution. So after doing a lot of customer discovery and speaking to a lot of people, um, some of the major pain points that we found both in our life and externally in talking to both companies, HR departments, human beings, all kinds of people, is that the disorganization of information and where do you find information and where is information stored and where is the medication and where is the will and do we have all of these things is completely all over the place. and. If someone does know, only one person knows, right? And other people don't. So if you get into a crisis situation, it's sort of like no one knows where to look or where to start. Like, oh, it could be in a drawer. It could be in a filing cabinet. It could be in a safety security box. Like, it could be all over. So we said, how do we first and foremost resolve the problem of documentation and information, both personal, medical, legal information, centralize that, allow people to know it's in one place, it's safe, it's secure, and it's easily accessible. And multiple people with the right security, of course, have the ability to access that information. And so we went out and sourced a digital storage platform. And it's really a management system more than um, a Dropbox, or lockbox. It's really an, a platform where you take your traditional filing cabinet and you digitize that, and then you add collaborators in whatever aspect you want. You can say, I want someone to have access to every drawer, every piece of, you know, piece of information, or I want them only to be limited 
to just know something is there, like uh, the name of a lawyer, but I don't want them to have a phone number, or I don't want them to know what my will is, or I, I just want them to know, again, the, the office of the lawyer. And so we said, okay, once we resolve that part, it then makes it so much easier to have all those other conversations and to understand really the needs of the person you're taking care of, but also the needs of yourself as the caregiver. We, at Motivity, we like to say that really the client is the end user is the person being cared for, but the client really is the person doing the care, right? And then we realized, Kevin, that it can't just be technology. Technology is amazing. It's fantastic. It's allowing us to do this podcast. It's great. But the truth of the matter is there's all these apps out there. There is Dropbox. There is Lockbox. There's this will thing and this and that. But okay, so let's say you're an enthusiastic of tech. So you put everything on there. Do you ever finish putting it on? And let's say you do finish. Do you ever update it? Do you ever go back and change anything? Most people get enthusiastic at first. And yes, of course, there are definitely the super organized people that you know, would update it and do all of it, but the majority of people get enthusiastic and then it becomes a labor, right? It's difficult getting everything together and putting everything in one place. So we said, let's bring in a concierge manager that holds people's hand through the onboarding process, does quarterly nudges like, hey, Kevin, has anything changed? And does a year-end review. We like to equate it to a financial advisor. You know, they, they're kind of there, they're present, they're there when you need them. Sometimes you don't need them and sometimes you do. And that's what the concierge manager is there. And then if those moments where you need additional services, meaning concierge services like, okay, now mom fell and broke her hip, right? Now I got to deal with Medicare. We have doctors, surgery, uh, canes, walkers. How do I even start? Where do I start? And so that's when you can call your concierge manager and say, this happened. But Kevin, what really alleviates the stress is that you have now updated all that information digital. So you can work with doctors, with an emergency room, with lawyers, with financial to make the process really smooth once mom needs the surgery and then needs to come out and go into the house and how is the house fitted and is it prepared for mom after a surgery you know i get it i absolutely get it because this is something that you know not only my family is experiencing but you know i've just heard horror stories from from many others um and, and really those horror stories come from the actual i'd say the, the siblings themselves i mean there's just so many yeah. examples but yeah, who, who is going to be the leader that's going to take care of grandma when she falls and hits her hip or that hip turns into falling and hitting her head and getting a concussion and that turning into gradual dementia? It's like all these things different happen and how do you take care of them? The grandpa's stubborn. He doesn't want to go in. So it's like all of these different things. If you're that leader of the family who really cares and wants to be proactive about this, you know, what an, a great opportunity to get health. You know, you got three people in the room now. You can blame it on the, the management service if you need information. You know, it's a great opportunity to, to again, avoid stress, get time back in your life that you need, and have also experience to help you out. 
a great solution, Karina. Now let's talk about the business side of things. You have a great idea, but it's even more difficult to get that out to the rest of the world. How are you going about this in terms of customer adoption? What's been working and, and what challenges have you run into uh, along the way? Uh, it's a great question. I just want to go back to your sure. point before on one thing, if I can, Kevin. Um, not only, I love your example that you brought up about a family because we've actually dealt with that. And and we have on the back end, we like to consider ourselves the, the concierge manager coaches, right? And we have mental health specialists and we have doctors and we have all these resources. So if a family is having those issues or there's big battles over what to do with grandma or dad or mom or even between mom and dad and then or even between the siblings and mom and dad we can bring in a mediator we can function to a certain extent as a mediator we can bring the mental health specialist we can bring in a doctor or a nurse practitioner that can lay out the terms in layman terms right like sometimes you get a diagnosis or the doctor say one thing and everyone looks at each other like what does any of that mean Right. <laughs> what I don't anyone know anyone help so we do again provide that service and I love that you brought up the example of family because we are trying to help that too right and and let's take it out of medical for a second and go into like financial or contacts or key contacts or emergency contacts we go beyond your traditional right most people have one emergency contact on the platform we'll have three most people don't think about ex external contacts. Who are your business contacts? Who do you report to in a company or, or things like that? Or for instance, we just had a client, we had a conversation yesterday and he said, my parents are in their nineties outside of knowing the alarm for their house. I don't know who cuts their grass. I don't know who goes in to clean the apart the house. I don't know who does anything. I don't know who does anything in their house in Florida. Right, so the contacts go beyond what we traditionally think about. And then with the platform, you can also delegate responsibilities a lot easier so that there isn't so much of rubbing of who's doing what and you're not doing enough and you're not doing that. Well, you can say, okay, this sibling is in charge of financial, this sibling is in charge of legal, this sibling is in charge of medical, and they all have access to different parts of the platform so they can get information when they need it. Yeah, it, it's like having insurance, but it's more than just a policy, you know, and, and yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. And if you're a business owner listening to this, it's like, okay, well, it's kind of like a recession almost. It's like, okay, well, inflation is up or you say inflammation's up, you know, and, and we're, we're uh, might hit a recession. How are you actually preparing for that? Do you have a plan ready to go when something does happen? It's the same thing when the inflammation continues to build. You know, it's building, you know, grandma's going downhill. But do you have a plan in place? So I love, I love the the concept. And two more things. We don't consider this just for elderly and people taking care of elderly. There's a whole generation um, that are in, you know, what people like to call the sandwich generation or in the middle, right? Where there may be people in their 40s, 50s, 60s that are taking care of elderly family members, but also still have children. And we have turned in our conversations to a lot of them when they go, well, I don't really need this. And my parents, and we'll ask almost all of them, Kevin, will say, 
Does anybody know where your information is? Do your children who are 20 something years old have any idea? And they'll all go, no. And then we go to, is there communication between you and your partner? No. Do you know your partner's passwords to things? No. <laughs> so again, it goes a level deeper than the idea of caregiving for elderly only, right? And that's why we like to say that the consumer of motivity care is mostly people ranging from 45, 50 and up, because that's when you start to hit all these issues for yourself, your loved, elder loved ones. You may have more assets, more properties. There could be more complications. Um, can't even tell you the amount of people who, in that age group that don't have wills, that don't have power of attorneys, that don't aren't proactive today in preparing. And, you know, it's interesting. We just got a call from a client that said, my parents just passed away and they left us with a nightmare. I don't want to leave that for my children. And this person's 60 years old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, it does kind of, it's a bit of an intergenerational <laughs> offering. Obviously the concierge services and those things go more for the elderly you may be taken care of. But the messaging that we want to send out is, are you prepared? if you're living in this sort of middle world. And, and the other uh, statistic, I think if I get it right, my business partner says it all the time, but I think there's like 20 or 30% of uh, senior level executive women live alone. Um, and there's a lot of senior leadership business people out there that live alone, both men and women. And then there's another trend that we were just told the other day, which is very interesting is the amount of elderly women living alone that have no one else because their husband passed away. Mm. And they don't have anybody to take care of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, and to go back to your question of, of how we're getting it out there and, and, and business-wise, most we're really targeting it's difficult to sell something consumer to consumer. As you know, it takes a lot of marketing and PR dollars to go direct to consumer. Um, but there is a huge opportunity in the benefit space. 79% mm. um, mm -hmm. of companies do not offer a caregiving benefit. And if you stop to do just some minor numbers, Kevin, um, between absentee, not being present at work, turnover rates, burnout, and training and resources that a company dedicates to an employee, it's about a $50 billion loss mm -hmm. to companies in the US. And for a, an average of about 2% of what a company spends on benefits, you can come up with an affordable solution. So what you would be doing is obviously saving the money, the company a ton of money, right? And you would be giving the care, working caregivers a solution so that they can be more present at work, so that they can dedicate their time to work, so that they can also have less stress, less fast frustration and be more present for themselves, their family and their teams, right? Or, or whatever it is that they are doing on a daily basis work-wise. Um, so we're choosing to really speak to 
HR benefits um, leaders out there, insurance benefits, and look at this as a caregiving benefit. The other interesting angle to all this is that most people, when they talk about caregiving, they talk about working moms and children, which is super important. Absolutely fundamental, super important. There's not enough conversation going on about taking care of elderly. There are, what is it, over 70 million baby boomers right now? Who's taking care of them, Kevin? How are you going to work and taking care of baby boomers? And most of us have baby boomers in our lives, right? And, you know, I sit here and try to take Zoom calls and take meetings, and my father's calling me every five minutes with some issue he's having. <laughs> and sometimes it's really not a big deal. Like, it's, I can't renew my registration on my car. Why? Mm. Yeah. Can we talk about this later? Is this an emergency? But to him, it's an emergency, right? So sometimes it's just not a medical thing, but it's keeping... Um, up to date on what's going on with them. You, you know, we live in a world where people are preying on the vulnerable. Yes. And it is disgusting. And 100%. for anyone that's dealt with that, you know, the amount of time that my aunt has to help out my grandfather with a scam, changing a phone, going over to the actual home, helping him just get technology down. It's incredibly, you know, it's just a big time sacrifice. You know, the family feels bad for the aunt because she's doing all the work and she's the only one in town. And that's, you know, it's just, it's just a lot going on, you know. So I'm actually curious more about like that early customer adoption for you. What have you learned from those early customers that have really helped mold the business and the way you're going about getting more customers on? Uh, great question. So we purposely took our time launching into the market. And we purposely uh, utilized sort of the direct to consumer as what, exactly what you just, just described, like how best to structure all this and how, what are the right questions and what's the right training for our concierge managers and as we go along. And we've learned a lot from our um, initial consumer clients. They've been incredibly helpful. Um, out of that came Kevin having a list of um, mental health specialists, having a list of doctors. We have a woman that specializes in, actually we've got like three specialists in Medicare, right? That we can tap into and ask questions. We have elder care attorneys that we can tap into. We have people that specialize in um, 55 plus active communities in um, nursing homes, in understanding the differences. People get very confused also about those differences, right? How do you remain independent but still live in a community? What does that mean for, for my family member, for myself? So all that's really come out of working with clients and understanding their request. We try to customize everything. So there's the platform that's scalable based on technology, super easy to use, friendly, makes sense, um, you know, double authentication, lots of security, all that. And it's really when you pick up a phone and say, okay, now I need additional help. And that's really the concierge services, but that also gets customized and catered. So let's say your aunt 
needs something in particular, like she doesn't have time that day, but she needs some groceries delivered, right? Or maybe we had a client recently that said, I've been caretaking for 12 years. I'm exhausted of cooking dinner for my mother every night. She's so picky. She doesn't like anything. And I can't keep doing this. I leave home. I run to her house. I come back. So we got our personal chef that's delivering, you know, the food made fresh every day, doesn't work in the home. The mother doesn't want anyone cooking there, but it's, you know, it's also the really interesting concept about that is it's a registered nurse nutritionist that's overseeing the menu with the chef for the mom. Curious to, to know, Karina, what's been more challenging, getting the supply side, which would be those specialists to kind of help out with, uh, you know, grandma or grandpa, or getting the actual customers onto the platform? Getting customers is always harder. There's, there's fantastic resources. One of the things we like to say in Motivity is we're one point of entry because there are great resources. But I'm gonna throw another interesting statistic at you. It takes, AARP did a study and they calculated it takes about 23.7 hours a week to caregive for someone else. Yes, 23.7 hours a week. So imagine what your aunt's doing. And that's on average, Kevin. That's crazy. I mean, that's that's obviously a whole day, you know, was worth of, of caring for somebody else that that's kind of time taken away. And the, and the thing is, you know, the grandma and grandpa don't want you to, to do that, or maybe they do. <laughs> Depends. They don't. A lot of people don't want to. The other thing we hear all the time is, I don't want to burden my children. Right. right. Like it's, you know, for you, maybe grandma, grandpa, for me, it's my parents. Like a lot of these parents, in their 70s or 80s say, I don't want to burden my children with this. Or even in their 60s, I don't want them to feel obligated to me and that they have to do this, right? Um, so we try to work with that too, but it's finding that sort of one point of entry, that central location, and you can come to us and say, I need you to research all the following. And, vet the vendors, look at the contracts to come back to me and give me options so that I don't have to take time away from work, my family, my personal time, whatever I need, or just spending time with grandma or mom or aunt Susie, whatever it is, right? Because it gives you back more time because you've got Motivity Care helping you source all that. And then you have a platform that is easily, it's also in an app, so you can access it from your phone, you can access it from your desktop. And it just, again, goes back to the idea of making people's lives easier. The problem is clearly defined and I think the solution is, is great. Uh, how are you going about growth? I mean, what are some of the challenges that you've ran into going into benefits, uh, finding you know, brokers, things like that to, to supply and add them to the benefit? Like what, like what challenges are you running into at, at this stage? Um, <laughs> it's a great question. Um, you know, there's challenges are just getting the implementation, like anything. It takes a really long time. When you're dealing with big companies or even small companies, by the time they, you know, it takes months of meetings and Zoom meetings, and thank goodness now we're back to some in-person meetings, which is always nice. Um, you know, 
getting to that finish line in sales, right? I, I think that's a challenge for all of us, uh, whether you are uh, this kind of entrepreneur or whether you do sales for a big corporation, right? Closing the deal is always the challenge. Signing on the bottom line is always the challenge. Um, fortunately, we've been incredibly well received um, in getting meetings. But I think a lot of that, Kevin, has to do with my background and my business partner's background. So my business partner comes out of the benefits world and benefits design and insurance um, it, broker. And she has a ton of contacts on that. And she's developed wellness platforms. She's implemented them for big corporations um, as well as small. She's worked for brokerage firms. She really has a strong handle on that aspect. And I have on the wellness side and selling in wellness programs to HR departments and implementing them on the marketing and branding and messaging. And so we come together with, I hate to say decades, because maybe it makes us sound old sometimes, um, but decades of work experience in this field not just a personal experience. And, and so I think this enables us to open doors a little bit faster because we've worked with a lot of these HR departments. We've worked with these brokerage firms as vendors or as implementers of vendors that have come to us. So we really have a strong knowledge of how to position that and how to pitch that and how to sell that through. Is that clear? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just thinking about like your experience, like in your experience, what would you say like a, a good philosophy is for what makes a successful company? Like what are you focusing in on on a daily or weekly or monthly basis? And say, you know, if I do these things right, we will achieve our goals. Like what, 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 what makes a, a good company to you? That's an interesting question because I think there's two very uh, distinct angles to motivity care to answer that question, in my opinion. Um, from the heart piece, Kevin, and, and why Mim and I really created this company on the heart piece, we can help people and make an impact on their daily lives, whether they're caring for someone else, caring for themselves. Um, take away some of the pain points and some of the stress and allow them to be more present again for their family, loved ones, and themselves. Um, the, the moment you get an email that says, wow, that solution you provided was great. Or I stopped arguing with my sibling because we finally have a game plan for mom. That to me is hugely successful on the heart piece, right? On the business side, I'm probably gonna give you a cliche answer that everyone gives you, you know, when you sign that big deal, when you get that big contract. But again, it relates back to the heart piece, right? If I, you know, when I sign those big contracts or those deals with HR departments, I'm again, improving people's lives. And I know it sounds a little bit cliche-ish, but really that is our mission statement, right? And so, if I'm helping senior leaders or employees of a company in supporting their caregiving, I'm improving their quality of life and the people around them, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And 
we don't live in a silo, right? There's, you know, there's, there's people around us, there's our teams we work with, there's people we report to, you know, there's family, friends, you know, we live in a society, right? And our actions and our behaviors can impact others without us even realizing it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And, and if you can help people in that way, that's great. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I don't want to put any company into a box, but just from all these interviews, you know, there's, there's a few things that all these impact companies have in common, right? It's like one is the, the intention, right? You're, you're really intent about trying to help out these families who are struggling with, uh, you know, uh, with, with caregiving, right? Uh, then the model, you've built a model around that. You built a business model that's scalable and can achieve profitability. Um, yeah. Obviously, you have to have a, you know some knowledge of accounting, the biggest the business language to to make the right. right decisions. You're focused on your customers, and then what is impact at the end of the day? Well, it's transforming lives, right? That's what you're doing at the end of the day. So as you grow, you continue to so solve more problems. I want to talk about the accountability aspect because it doesn't get talked about a lot. A lot of entrepreneurs they have they have these great ideas, but when it comes to like the balance sheet side, the actual business language. What are some of the takeaways that you've you learned in this early stage of growth about um, how to structure your business so that um, you, you, you can grow, I guess? You have to come up with a commercial uh, proposition. Elaborate it's, on that, yeah. It's, it's got to be commercial, meaning your pricing has to be commercial, right? I, I, I think a lot of times we we can get um <clears throat> we dedicate a lot to the heart piece in impact companies which is a beautiful thing right the social impact and the impact we're having on beings and sometimes it's not the nicest thing to look at the numbers right but if you don't make those numbers you're not going to impact anybody and if your proposition doesn't have a financial viable commercial proposition then you're not going to make any money and sell and you're not going to survive, right? And so I think one of the hardest parts is the pricing, right? It's, it's how do you price it or who are you really targeting to purchase this product so that you can impact the most amount of people, right? Exactly. And so you can't price it too low because there's a value to what you've created and there's a lot of security around it and the, the tech is incredibly well built and there's concierge services, but you can't price it so high that no one's gonna buy it, right? And so also that's one of the reasons we dedicated a lot of time and effort and we currently are to selling through to companies, right? Because there is a two tier offering that we're doing for companies. And again, this has come out of lots of conversations and lots of customer discovery with HR and senior leaders is there's an offering for senior leadership, a senior level executive that's managing maybe a larger team of people, multiple countries, different things. And then we said, but we still need stuff for the general employee. Everyone needs this. So we've priced it where our company can either put it for the general employee population and not differentiate, 
or say, okay, this is what we want to offer our senior leaders, and this is what we want to offer the general population. But there's still an offering for everybody. Well, I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. It's like, what, what do I price this at? How, elaborate, expand on that just a little bit more on, on how you found the right price for commercial and companies. Uh, that's a lot. I am not going to lie. A lot of that is my business partner's benefits experience. Hmm. Uh, when you've spent years looking at benefits and wellness platforms and deciding whether you're going to implement those or you've spent a good portion of your career structuring benefits for larger corporations, you have a lot of experience on pricing, right? Um, so part of that, on my side, because I've done a lot of sell-throughs to HR departments as a vendor, there's also sweet points, sweet spots of pricing, right? Through my my career that I've experienced. And again, it's, it's based on years of professional experience. Um, there's nothing perfect, unfortunately. Um, you know, there's still, we're still playing with it, uh, but at least, Interesting enough, Kevin, no one has come back to us yet, could happen, saying you guys are, these prices are crazy. Okay. No one. Good, good. And the other thing we did is, um, it's a monthly subscription, um, both if an employee chooses to opt in as a, um, a company can put it in as an enterprise-wide benefit, so the company can pay for it, or they can do a payroll deductible, kind of like an AFLAC. Uh, so we priced it where people can pay as a monthly subscription or they can pay an annual. But we've worked really hard at finding those sweet spots of pricing. It's just and all, yeah. the concierge. We we figured it's it's easier to do subscription-based modeling and people can opt in and out of concierge services that way as well. It's just on it's it's just so interesting just how much thinking goes into pricing sometimes, you know, and, and oh, research. Oh. And how do you how do you answer that? Experience. I love it. Um I mean if I would never torture anyone to look through our Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. But pricing strategy and pricing spreadsheets. Yeah. I mean, fortunately we've had some phenomenal advisors too that support us on that. But it's a challenge. It's a challenge, I would say, for any entrepreneur out there is pricing. Karina, we had a member event today talking about remote work and culture. And some of the three, like, I guess my takeaway with the three things that make up a good culture from this presentation today were artifacts, such as performance, maybe sales, awards, rituals, what your company is uniquely you're unique about. Um, the things that you, the little things that you do that you do to celebrate, whether you're in a meeting or something like that. And then lore was the other one. Storytelling. What are the interesting stories that you have in the company? When it comes to your lore of the entrepreneurial journey, what are some of those moments that when looking back, you know, they probably weren't, they were hectic, they were crazy at the time, but you got through them. What are those, some of those early lore moments for you? Uh, I like to say, I've said I'm, um many panels as an entrepreneur because this isn't my first entrepreneurial venture um and i like to tell people you need a certain stomach and a certain personality to be an entrepreneur it is not for everyone kevin there are moments that you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and like a dead sweat going 
how am I going to pay bills today, right? Um, you wake up going, oh no, we don't have enough investors. You wake up going, oh no, there's not enough sales, right? There's a constant like, you know, your the highs are really high and the lows can be really low um, as an entrepreneur. And you really, I think at the end of the day though, if you have a passion and you believe in what you're doing, truly believe in it and truly have a passion for it, you will make it succeed. But you've got to know that there's there's going to be rough moments and there's going to be that moment that you think that contract is signed and then it takes three more months you know we'll talk about before motivity care then i'm just curious to know what is that moment for you what is that the scariest most looking back you know it was scary at the time but it's also a moment i love sharing about because entrepreneurs need to hear this uh yeah this is not a motivity thing but i i think one of my scariest moments as an entrepreneur was for me not so much how am I going to pay salaries I was always able to do that but it was um I did find myself at one point in debt to certain vendors and I was like this is not good (laughs) and it was a little bit scary I was like I've never had this and oh my gosh and I've always been really good about this and now um, you know, and, and sitting back down and negotiating with them and saying, okay, this is what I can do today. This is what I can do tomorrow. And, um, you know, in, in previous businesses too, um, when you work with large corporations and you're a small company, uh, payment uh, can vary. <laughs> and they, they don't care if you're a small company and your cash flow is X, right? They go, well, what? We're going to pay you like we'd pay a large company. It's going to take us 120 days to pay you, right? And you're like, um, not that big. I don't have that much money in my bank account that I can sustain you, you know, paying me in 120 days. So there's so there were some serious rough negotiations uh, with some of my clients in previous companies where I was like, we have to get this down to 30 to 45 days or this is not sustainable. Right. right. Um, Fortunately, I was able to do it. I, I, I think one of the big reasons I was able to do it is because the work spoke for itself and the client was really happy. And so I think they turned around and said, okay, we will do that for you because what you're doing is great for our company. Well, I think some, you know, those lessons are the most helpful lessons for anyone going through that right now or um, you know, interested to kind of get into the space and don't might not realize or be thinking about what what the reality is of entrepreneurship. How do you distinguish or differentiate leadership from entrepreneurship? <laughs> Good question. Um, some entrepreneurs think they're great leaders, and they're not always. Some great leaders think they may be great entrepreneurs, not always. Um, you know, it's interesting. I also have for whatever reason, my parents raised four entrepreneurs. It's very rare in one family, but we're all entrepreneurs, um, especially three of us. One's a chef, so a little bit different. Um, and my two brothers have a very different personality. Um, one was captain of sports teams and is very much rah-rah team, team leader, team motivator, um, 
and he's had this personality since he's been like a kid right like elementary school like rally around the team I'm gonna lead the team and we're gonna move forward my other brother is a tech genius like he's an engineering genius software development brilliant uh tech person but really doesn't love to lead teams Unless it's a tech team and he can do tech speak and software speak, and then he's happy in that kind of silo, right? But he's a great entrepreneur, but he may not be the best leader because he's just not so comfortable in that space, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. While my other brother, if he gets a thousand employees, he's happy. He loves leading the team, right? He's a great entrepreneur, but slightly different, right? He's he's likes to lead the charge and lead the team. So I think there's a little bit of a difference. Someone can be a great entrepreneur, but not necessarily love to lead or love to have a, a you know, a, a big company or many people under them. And someone else could be a great entrepreneur who actually loves to lead, right? And, and are you just like the perfect mix in between? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a closer probably to my youngest brother. Yeah, I mean, we have much more similar personalities in that we, I love strategy and operations. I love strategy and operations. I love sitting there and trying to uh, think of what is the ultimate strategy, not just in sales, but in people. Who do you put where? operationally so that you get um, the best out of them, right? And, and allow them to be the best possible person they can be, right? And um, so I do love that aspect uh, of, I don't love financials as much, even though I do them. <laughs> my other brother loves to do spreadsheets, not my favorite thing. Um, so I do, I do very much uh, love the operational strategy part of it. And in my previous career, even when I worked for companies, I was fortunate enough to lead really large teams in multiple languages around the world. And actually wow. for most people, that sounds like a nightmare. For me, it was actually a lot of fun. It, there was frustrating moments, of course, but I love watching people have their aha moments, right? And, and figure things out and have the best possible career they can have. And so if I can lead them in that direction and support them operationally and strategy, then it, it's great. I actually think it's a lot of fun. Well, that's a good tie-in to, to the last question we always ask guests on that show on this show today. And let's bring this home, Karina. What is your definition of a real leader? Uh, I would say that is, is someone that can, first and foremost, is listening. I think you, you're a great leader if you can actually listen, not pretend to listen, not act like you're listening, but really listen to both people that are working for you, with you, or to clients. Are you really listening to them? Do you hear the questions they're asking you and the requests they're making and the comments? And I think first and foremost, it's about listening. And then for me, what do you do with what you were told or someone said to you? What is the solution, right? Don't, as a leader, don't just go back and say, okay, now I really paid attention and I listened and then it ends there. Okay, what are the next steps after what you've heard? And how are you gonna let people make their own mistakes and grow 
but also listen to them and have those open and honest and sincere conversations and try to come up with solutions, right? To move the company forward, to move their career forward, to move your career forward, right? As an entrepreneur without your team and without people around you or without your clients, you're not gonna be successful either. Well, Karina, that's beautifully put. Let's help people take action on what they just heard. Where can they find more information about Motivity Care? Uh, they can find the information on Motivity Care on our website, which is www.motivitycare.com. Um, there's an email they can send to us at info at motivitycare.com, and we can get back to them. We have a Motivity, which is a really great resource that's free, is an assessment form. It's interactive. It takes about 10 or 15 minutes. We can send you the link. Um, the beautiful thing about that is it helps people orient where they are today and where they need to be mm. and where the person is that they're taking care of and themselves. So it's a bunch of yes or no questions that kind of go help people really go, do I have that? Do I not have that? Does my family have that? And it's really a useful tool that we just offer to people and then the next steps are we're, we're happy to review that with you and then see if you become a client of Motivity but it's it's a really beautiful tool that we offer free for people to, to help them out. I love it you know old, old age and you know whatever problem is happening with one family member it's not just that person that's impacting it is the family so go out there take action uh, check out the application that they provide online to give you that free assessment um, and with that being said folks uh, for Karina Muller I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there be an active listener take action and always folks keep it real thanks Karina thank you Kevin Hey, Real Leaders, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to realleaders.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you're going to be able to access all of our magazines courses and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.